Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we have such a fun guest today. Welcome back, Wandies. Wandies. <laughs> yes, we have a fun guest today, um, Emily. We found her on Instagram. I did, and I started absolutely creeping the crap out of her. I'm sorry <laughs> if you hear anything in the background for preface. I'm in British Columbia, very rural in a campground on our way to Alaska and the generator hours just turned on. So Colton just rubbed up the generator. So if there was a little like, that was me and I'm sorry. Sorry. But um, I found Emily on Instagram. Absolutely creeped the crap out of her. She's all about boundaries, cycle breaking, just a really cool topic that I don't feel like a lot of people talk about and is really important Uh to the stage of life that we're in and in general to begin with. So we're really, really excited to talk about her or pick her brain, all those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. So Emily, just go ahead and say hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get into questions. Yeah, of course. It's so nice to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. Um, I was super excited when you guys reached out because I feel like all of your themes for the Wander podcast are definitely aligned with um, the work that I do. I am a coach for cycle breakers. So basically, I help you stop living the life that you should live based on other people's expectations and living the li- start living the life that you want to live um, based on your own intuition and your own decisions um, and not being guided away from those things by this crazy world that we live in where there's so many distractions and people telling you this is the right way and the wrong way and all of those things. So that's a little bit about me. So true. So freaking awesome. I'm so excited to get to know you, Emily. Yes. So should we start off with the game like we usually do? (laughs) Let's do it. So Sandy and I, you probably know if you listened before, we're a bit of like a people pleaser by nature and that's gotten us into some pretty interesting situations so we thought it would be fun maybe not necessarily funny on our end but maybe to share an experience where we realized after the fact oh I should have set a boundary in this situation Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have played out the way that it did so we thought it would be cool to go through each one of us and share if we have a story about that so Sandy do you want to take it away Sure. Mine really isn't funny, but it's just like me with being a photographer, working for myself, I in people pleaser tendency, I am always saying yes. I have such a hard time saying no and setting that boundary for myself. So then then with work, then I overwork myself and just say yes to way too many things and then I get overwhelmed and then way far deep in my editing cave. So I have been better. I think this year my weddings are spaced out pretty good. And I've been trying to say no to things that just like don't light me up. I can definitely say that that's a super common thing for people who have people pleasing tendencies. Mm -hmm. When 
most of us were growing up, no was seen as like a negative kind of connotation, yeah. whereas yes was seen as more of like that positive. And so sometimes we have this like visceral reaction in our body of like, oh, I don't want to say no, because that's like a negative thing. And it's really not because you're, again, by saying no to things that you don't have the capacity for, you're mm-hmm. fostering the relationships that you're saying no to things because you actually care about showing up in your full light in those relationships. So I definitely yes. feel like I hear people say that all the time, like saying no is so hard. Yes. I love this already. Oh my god! We're, <laughs> we're not even past the game yet, and I'm already like the wisdom seeping through. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, kind of to to bounce off of what you were talking about. I it's not necessarily when I need to say no. I'm still not very good at that, but it's more so when like I'm recognizing that my patience is very thin, and I need to either remove myself from a situation or say something in order to like, I don't know, have my boundaries heard or like just my comfortability assessed in the situation by other people. So, I mean, I have like so many of these situations (laughs) where I accidentally come across as like a major bitch because I should have said like, hey, could you be quiet or like stop making that sound or like just left the situation in general. But like a recent one, I don't know what's funnier. The It's been on this trip and obviously I'm a little bit more tired than normal because there's time changes and it's never dark in Canada, like ever. I was up at 3.30 with our dog and it was bright out, but um, gosh. there was a hike that I was on recently and we went later in the evening trying to avoid crowds and there's a spot where you have to wait to like go through this little cave to see a waterfall and there was this huge family in front of us and they were going like one at a time which I consider like not necessarily the most courteous way to go about it and then a group of like six teenage girls came up behind me and they were very very close super loud and I was like you've been a teenage girl before just try and like let them do their thing have their moment but like they were screaming and one like ran into me and I like turned faced her she said sorry and I like didn't even say like it's okay I gave the worst RBF and just turned around and then they started laughing and so I felt stupid but also like I like those situations I cannot even see myself saying like hey do you mind being a little quieter that just feels so uncomfortable to me so that's right no definitely I think that there's a disconnect here too where I see a lot of people in the online space talking about boundaries in this way that where and I don't know it correct me if I'm wrong if you're thinking about it this way but boundaries are for us they're not for other people so you're never going to be able to control like what other people choose to do but you do need to reflect on your own capacity to show up as the person that you want to be so in that situation what I would say is be like so I'm surrounded by people who are acting a fool (laughs) Uh what it's making me uncomfortable. What is something that I could do to either remove myself from the situation? Because I can't control how they're acting. But if it's upsetting me enough that I'm going to act out in a way that isn't reflective of who I truly am, then maybe I need to, one, remove myself from the situation, take a different path, and then come back to that area. Um, It's very difficult because I think a lot of times when we talk about boundaries, we're like, oh, we're 
we're setting up these walls to try and keep out any negativity. And like, that's just not reality. I mean, we're always going to have to interact with people who maybe we don't agree with, we don't think are acting the way that they should or that kind of thing. But it's really up to us to recognize our capacity for certain things and take actions in order to show up as the person that we want to be. At the end of the day, is it really that big of a deal that you gave an RBF to a girl you'll probably never see <laughs> Right, again? that's why I shared it. I don't really care. Yeah, like <laughs> probably not. But at the same time, if you have guilt about that and you're like, that's not how I want to show up, you know for next time, like this is going to probably throw me over the edge. So maybe like me and my husband need to like take a hike to a different path for a little while and then come back to this area or what have you. I know sometimes like that's not totally possible. But again, like, like I was saying, like, we're always going to be put in situations where there's people that irk us or have different lifestyles than us. And yeah, it's about controlling what you can control in the situation. Oh, I love that. Controlling what you can control. (laughs) Which I think, I think sometimes, (laughs) I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that we can control other people and that, that just isn't really the case. You know, we can only control how we act. So yeah. yeah, so true. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful <laughs> what you're saying already. Like, I feel like I'm able to reflect on stuff after the fact, but I'm going to, I can already tell we're going to get a lot of wisdom of what we can apply in those moments specifically to take in the future. Yeah. So, so for, for actually both of your situations, one of the um, practices that I work with with clients and even with myself is nobody ever told me this, like when I was growing up or anything, but like taking a pause literally taking a pause has been life-changing. Like when somebody asks me to do something and I'm unsure, taking a pause to literally like check in with myself and be like, how does that Mm. feel to me before answering, Mm. before texting back or even creating space with like a statement like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that, but I need to check my calendar and I'll get back to you by tomorrow. (sighs) Gives you the space to think on something without the pressure of like somebody waiting for your answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, like when you're in a situation where you're feeling like overstimulated or anxious or just frustrated, those kinds of themes often mean that we need to like kind of rectify what's going on inside of us and Mm -hmm. check in with ourselves so that we know how to operate moving forward versus just operating on those emotions. That makes sense. Oh yeah. yes, <laughs> amazing! Oh my gosh, I get overstimulated so much. Oh, I'm just... in the same boat. Totally. There's been plenty of time where I'm like, I'm overstimulated, and uh-huh. I I'm gonna act out in a way that isn't reflective of me. And so exactly. I need to either remove myself from the situation, take a pause, step outside. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm at like a party or something. Yeah. Um, apologize (laughs) Um, but yeah I think that's something that we weren't necessarily taught as a child like it wasn't like we everything in our society is like instant gratification like we need to do it as soon as possible and like it's fine if you need to sleep on it to make a decision or you need to take a break um we are all not on all the time. That's not how this works. You know, I mean, we're all human. We all have our humanness and we're trying Mm -hmm. our best. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we have a bad day or we have dealing with a time change or dealing with X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, 
you never know what is going on in someone else's world, but it's also your responsibility to check in with yourself and put your self-care as that utmost priority. Beautiful. I love this. So I love this. I want to get into more of the juicy goodness that you're giving off. Do you happen to have a a story just so like listeners and even ourselves can relate to you? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, Trying to think. So I also have a full-time job in addition to um, entrepreneurship. I work in education. And I think when I started this job, I was like, seeing all these areas where there was need for support. And so I started doing things that were like outside of my job description. And then it got to the point where I was like burnt out. um, Mm -hmm. And I had to really come to terms with the fact of like, this is not my job, even though I care about how it affects other people. I need to direct, um, rectify my own capacity for showing up because you can't, I always say you can't give from an empty cup. So Mm -hmm. if you are spreading yourself thin, trying to give to everybody else, you're actually not serving everybody else because everybody's only getting like the 1% of you or the like 5% of you. Whereas if you are focusing on yourself and your internal world, showing up for your self care and refilling your own cup, you're better able to show up for your own relationships. And so that was a lesson that mm. took me a bit to learn. I mean, I think in the works, the workplace, this can be really difficult, you know, coworkers yeah. need help, or you see in my case, like working in education, you see students who need assistance and there isn't somewhere to send them. Um, and so you take on this role of like, Oh, I'm doing extra. I'm doing extra. But then again, you're also not being compensated for that. So then it creates this like resentment cycle in your relationships. And the same thing goes for boundaries outside of the workplace. Like I know people have the situation with family where they show up for their family time and time and time again. Um, You know, they drop everything for like, you know, a parent calls and they're like, oh, I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me. And like you're in the middle of something for you and you're just like, well, it's, it's my family, so I have to do it. But then it also builds that resentment of like, I am not doing things for myself because I'm always showing up for you. And then when I need your help, you're not showing up for me and those kinds of things. But it's your responsibility to set the boundary and be like, I don't have the capacity to drop everything and show up for you right now, but I can do X, Y, and Z, or I won't be able to do that until this time, that kind of thing. So that was two examples, but kind of in different realms to give you guys an idea. I think everybody can relate to both of those. For sure. sure. For sure. So I didn't know that you also worked in education. Can you share a little bit like what exactly brought you into the the entrepreneurship that you're trying to do Mm -hmm. now? Like what was that spark? Yeah, definitely. So um, my story is kind of multifaceted. I always say like I'm a multi-passionate person. Um, we say that too. There <laughs> almost, go, every, right? almost every episode, yeah. <laughs> so um, I – it goes back a little bit further. So I um, – after I graduated college, I took a year off to travel. And then when I came back, I was like, eh, I'm not really sure what I want to do with my life. And I had – postponed an acceptance to a grad school that was going to be paid for based on like this fellowship that I got and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I think I'm going to do this. Um, And that 
education got me my master's in higher education. And so now my full-time, in addition to entrepreneurship, is working with students in um, low-income communities, basically, and Mm -hmm. helping them figure out their pathways to success. So that can look like a career, college, trade school, all of those things. Um, In the meantime, when COVID happened, I started this job like right February 2020. So like right as COVID was happening. Yeah. Um, And I was realizing that I was also needing another outlet for myself um, to continue coaching, continue mentoring, continue that kind of thing. Because because of COVID and being remote and also being new to this role, I wasn't getting as much of that from my full-time role. And so mm-hmm. I saw this as an opportunity to not only like make new friends, but spread my message like further and connect with like-minded people and that kind of thing as well. So it's been a wild journey, but it has been so good. And I've actually like so loved growing my business. I'm sure both you ladies could agree with this, but I always feel like business is such a personal development journey. Like Mm -hmm. the person who started my business and me are like two different people. I feel (laughs) like things have changed like significantly. (laughs) So um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background. So my full-time role and my business stuff is uh, separated, but it's still part of my day-to-day. That makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any dreams that you would want to take it full time and do your business full time? I mean, (laughs) yes. Yeah, I would love to um, take my business full time. I think I'm trying to figure out what that would look like at the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, And I've absolutely loved doing these like guest speaking opportunities and stuff. So I am hoping to incorporate that as like an arm of it as well. Yeah, that's so you do specific coaching with clients about cycle breaking boundary setting and all of that what does your like relationship or interaction look like with someone that's set up as a client for you so usually um one-on-one coaching looks like um a commitment of anywhere from a month to six months and we meet either weekly or bi-weekly i've been a little flexible on things um on a call and then we have Voxer, you have Voxer access to me as well. So throughout that, I have a system, an outline where basically we talk about socialization and the challenges that the client feels like they're facing. And then we start to create action steps and how to implement the changes that they are hoping to create. And finally, dealing with the pushback or the potential challenges that might come from actually implementing steps that are different than what they've always done, if that makes sense. And then hopefully by the end of it, um, again, like the longer we work together, I feel like the more sustainable that change stays. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I always push like it should be six months of one-on-one coaching. But that has always really been kind of the way that clients work with me. In addition, like I said, I have another part of my business where I'm doing like workshops and guest speaking and that kind of stuff. But they're a little bit more, I don't want to say surface level because we definitely go deep, but it's a little bit less personalized in that like it's for a group versus um, the one-on-one coaching is really designed to be like unique to your life. So like Mm-hmm. If I'm working with a client, they might have a lot of issues with like family boundaries or 
navigating family relationships um, as they're trying to step into an identity that looks different than how the identity that they had when they were growing up. Wow. So that is a different challenge than somebody who hates their job and is like burnt out and is trying Mm -hmm. to change their job. And so it's really the coaching itself is catered to what your unique life looks like. And we start to figure that out when we get on a discovery call. Usually I have um, a relationship with most of my clients where I am able to kind of tell like, okay, these are the challenges that they're facing and this is where they want to be. And I'm able to create that bridge, that connection of like, okay, these are the action steps we should be taking and be that support throughout those action steps being taken so that they're not like floating in the wind. Um, For myself, like I am still navigating some of this journey, but Mm -hmm. I have more support now. But initially when I was navigating this like cycle breaker boundaries journey, I was doing it alone. And it was very hard for me to find other people who were like navigating this um which basically was like my identity from my childhood looks very different from my identity now and how do I rectify like the differences in that and make sure that I'm taking steps towards the person that I want to be and also the dreams Mm -hmm. that I have it's hard to like explain that to somebody. <laughs> oh, it's, it's making so much sense. And I was going to kind of ask a question because your original like game story was like more about the professional aspect of maybe boundary setting, but it also sounds like you had to deal with mm-hmm. a little bit of like family boundaries. Absolutely. Um, would you say that you've had more of a difficulty with like processing and working through the family aspect of that? Um, cause I mean, for me, 100%, that's the bigger issue and it's more challenging for me. So like, was that a second step for you in your process and kind of like you were able to do that as you got more comfortable? Like, what would you suggest for somebody that's kind of working through that as well? AKA mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely would say that, uh, family boundaries are some of, in my opinion, the hardest ones to set because, you can choose your work, you can choose your friendships, you can choose your relationships. You don't get to choose your family. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when you're setting boundaries, there's almost that added pressure of like, I can't just cut this person off. I can't mm-hmm. like release them into the world or like find a different one. I mean, I'm a big proponent of like, you have a chosen family as well as a nuclear family, but yeah. I, um, I think that family boundaries become that much more difficult one because of that, but then also because these are the people that raised you in a lot of cases. And so they have expectations that they've set, not only that you're supposed to meet, but that you may have met for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so now you're kind of potentially going against those or challenging those expectations in a way that your family might not understand And that can be really difficult and really isolating. Um, But what I would say for somebody who is navigating that is to try your best to continue to communicate your wants and needs. It's not always going to be the perfect opportunity to do so. But one thing I will say when I was navigating family boundaries and that kind of thing, I tried in a lot of ways to say, I'm not okay with that. Or those are the kinds Mm. of things I don't feel comfortable with. Or 
please don't do that to me. Um, or I'm actually not going to come for the full holiday party. I'll only be there for an hour because that's what my capacity is, what have you. And I think that part of it, once you start to communicate it, you're definitely going to get responses that you're our people aren't going to be happy because you're not doing the same thing that you've always done. And when there's change there sometimes can be a little bit of turmoil, but that being said, I think as somebody who's kind of, I don't want to say made it through this journey because there's still things that come up for me with my family (laughs) that aren't perfect, but I can say now I've had conversations with my mother where she's like, I'm so happy that you started setting boundaries because it makes me more comfortable to set boundaries in my own life. And it's like the moment she said that to me, I literally was like, you're doing cycle breaker work. You are literally changing Mm -hmm. the generational expectations that in some cases are not toxic, but are not helpful in pushing forward somebody to show up authentically. Mm -hmm. And it's not always this clear cut path, especially with family. I mean, like I said, those expectations are very deep and sometimes they're generational. And sometimes it Mm -hmm. may come to a point where you are being like, I have to limit my interactions with these people in order to keep myself safe and keep myself comfortable. Not to the point where I'm just only going to live in my comfort zone, but so that I'm able to like stand on my own two feet. I also had a situation where I had to cut off a close family member for several years before Mm -hmm. I was able to re-enter that relationship in a way that felt safe for me and my boundaries were being respected. It wasn't easy. It was horrible. It was literally Mm -hmm. like the worst thing ever because you don't want your family to feel like you can't communicate with them. Yeah. But they're also is a lot of layers to that as well. I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, I don't think cutting people off is a solution to really anything. I think there are situations where cutting people off is really the only option that you have. But I think we also live in a culture that's like, cut them off right away. And it's like, mm-hmm. actually, we're all just humans who are making mistakes and trying yeah. to learn and doing the best with the knowledge that we have at the time. And I think that communication, clear communication, um, that involves active listening from both parties, which isn't always easy to get, um, is kind of the way forward. Like, I think a lot of times people think boundaries are like, oh, I said this once. And if they don't respect it, then I'm just going to cut them off. Like, that's not how boundaries work. (laughs) Like, there is a lot of times you're going to have to reiterate yourself and say, that's not acceptable to me, or I don't like when you do that or that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. It's definitely a challenge, especially with family. Family is extremely, like I said, intertwined in your life, especially if they raised you. So it can be a lot more difficult to start to change some of those expectations. And I think we start to see that a lot in what I like to call like the quarter life crisis. It's kind of that period in your (gasps) 20s where you're like, oh, shit, everything that I learned when I was a child is not actually true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you start to start questioning things and sometimes people in your family aren't really comfortable with that because this is their comfort zone this is what they believe the world to be like and you are kind of not only a representation of the change but also you might be questioning or pushing back on some of their beliefs and that makes people very uncomfortable especially if they don't have other people in their lives who are doing that same thing 
That was very long-winded, oh but gosh. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> every yeah. single second. It's so aligned with what I'm currently mm-hmm. working through. I don't know if you know a little bit about my story, and I don't need to go into details, but I'm from an eighth-generation family farm. Everybody lives within 10 to 15 minutes of each other. I am the middle child of two brothers, the only one that has ever left the state, let alone the farm. And I got a lot of pushback at that decision, so yeah. it's been a challenge with the physical distance, but also the emotional distance because, you know, relationships are different if you're comparing it to being physically present with someone versus relying on a text message to feel that connection, support and love. So it's been a challenge. And I think you've met a new client in me, like for real. (laughs) (laughs) boundaries, 100%. It's something that I know I personally need to work on, but the family aspect of that has been such a challenge because I don't want to cut that off because I need that. I feel lonely as it is with this lifestyle I have. Oh yeah. And it's hard seeing pictures of family hanging out and I'm the only one that's absent, you know, that kind of stuff. I did have a question. Are you an only child? Do you have siblings? Did your siblings go through this kind of metamorphosis? No. So I am not an only child. Um, okay. I have two younger brothers, two younger brothers. So okay. they're pretty close in age to me. I'm 28 at the time of this recording. Oh, and, well. oh awesome. Um, and so my younger brothers are in their twenties as well. Okay. Um, I don't want to speak too much for them, but my mm-hmm. middle brother, uh, still lives close to the hometown that we grew up in. And, so I think when you leave the place that you grew up, you face different sort of challenges and growth experiences than if you stay in your hometown forever. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. I'm just a big proponent of leaving your hometown at least for a little while so that you can see the rest of the world and then coming mm-hmm. back. Um, my youngest brother, I think, had similar challenges but again he's a little bit younger so he's kind of just entering this arena sure um we all kind of have very different paths so okay um I did the education route my middle brother works in a trade and my youngest brother does seasonal work so okay it's interesting how different aspects of our lives have become kind of this outside of expectation situation um so yeah there's there's a lot there but I want to be careful not to speak for my brothers in that um, giving like their experience away but I guess in regards to that I have a a little bit I want to like step back because we're talking about Mm -hmm. boundaries like oh you need to set them and it's like easy to do so or like assume that you could do so (laughs) I don't know how to do that like I feel so uncomfortable setting a boundary Mm -hmm. even if it's with a stranger because I automatically assume I'm going to come off a certain way Mm -hmm. and I don't want that to be my first impression to someone or just in general someone be like whoa what was that like you came across (laughs) yeah so like how do you do that how do you Do it so any action steps. Yeah. yeah. So for setting boundaries, um, I usually have three steps. But before we even get Ooh. to those three steps, I definitely want to say that some of boundary work is unlearning that asking for what you want and need 
is unkind or not nice or mean. Like, Mm -hmm. it's actually meaner if you show up in a relationship in a way that you feel expected to and you're not showing up in the way that you actually want to. It's meaner because it's not true to the relationship. It's not true to who you are. And it's not fair to the other person because you're, in some ways, like putting on a facade that you think is going to please them. And that was a really hard truth that I had to come to terms with because, like both of you have shared, like I still a little bit, I call myself a people pleaser in recovery, but I have like extreme people pleasing tendencies. And I think one of the things that helped me recognize is that this was not healthy is that I literally was creating this mask that I would show up in certain relationships in a certain way because I felt like that was expected of me. And it most of the time wasn't. Like as soon Mm -hmm. as I started to set boundaries, I was like, wow, there's a lot more people who just like don't give a fuck that I'm saying this. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, oh, yeah, like who cares? Like, no worries. Um, There definitely were times where like, you get a negative reaction. I think those are the ones that we tend to focus on when we talk about boundaries. So I think that that prompts the like heavy anxiety of like, I can't ask for what I want to need because then this person's going to be upset. But I think part Mm -hmm. of setting boundaries is learning to be okay with other people being upset because especially when dealing with adults, we're not responsible for somebody else's emotions. And that can be really, really hard to sit with because most of our lives, especially as women, we've been conditioned to cater to the emotions of everybody around us, especially at the expense of ourselves. And so that's how I want to preface the like setting boundaries because some of that is literally socialization and conditioning that you have to start to unlearn. Um, And that takes consistency. It takes time. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. Um, it's gonna be uncomfortable like I am very honest like setting boundaries is not easy this is not something that's just like oh yeah you do it once and then you like never have to worry about it again like I still get nervous sometimes when I have to set Mm -hmm. a boundary with somebody who I worry about their reaction but the three steps that I usually walk clients through and I'm I'm gonna give you guys the surface level because there's a lot deeper but the first one is communication, clear communication. So Mm. not just expecting the other person to be a mind reader or understand where you're coming from, but clearly communicating what you need from for to show up as your full self in the relationship. So that doesn't mean that like every time you enter a relationship or a conversation with a friend, you're like, I need this and this to feel safe in this conversation. But it does mean a lot of the time that you set a boundary when you feel like your boundaries are being crossed. So you reiterate, clearly communicate, um, I am going to need a day to think about this, the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't appreciate when you talk to me that way, the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't imagine saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think the <sighs> second part of this is the maintaining part of it. And so sometimes people will say like, I don't appreciate when you talk to me that way isn't a boundary because it doesn't have a consequence attached to it. Um, I'm the type of person who I believe that you can set boundaries without first saying the consequence but sometimes it gets pushed to the point where you do need to be like if you continue to talk to me that way I'm going to remove myself from the situation which is the consequence and so that's the second part which is like maintaining your boundary which is extremely hard to do as again like this is not something that's like we're not conditioned to learn that this is okay 
but it is okay mm-hmm. to say like this is what I need to show up like well in this relationship or as my full self in this relationship and setting a consequence that you know you can enforce so I wouldn't say like I don't appreciate when you talk to me that way. If you continue to do that, I'm never going to talk to you again because that's not a consequence that I can enforce. Like, it's not something I would feel comfortable doing. Mm -mm. But in this situation, I might feel comfortable saying, I'm going to end this conversation. Or I might feel comfortable saying, I am no longer going to converse with you at this dinner. But again, you don't want to set a consequence that you don't feel like you can enforce. So a lot of times I think we look at these like, they call them boundary scripts and it writes out like what you should say. They can be very, very helpful, especially for somebody who like is just getting used to boundaries because it might give you an idea of how to say things without being like blunt or being Mm -hmm. um, harsh. But you also, again, it goes kind of back to that conditioning. You also have to unlearn that asking for what you want and need in a relationship, asking for bare minimum respect is not something that you should feel nervous about. Most of your relationships should have that foundation already. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we always give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes people don't. A lot of times people who don't have boundaries are chronic boundary crossers because they don't have boundaries themselves. (laughs) And so we always want to understand that usually the person has everybody's best interest in mind, but may need that reminder, which is that, again, that second part of maintaining the boundary. That could look like saying the consequence. That could look like reiterating your boundary. It could look like a lot of different things, but that usually is the second step. And then the third step, which they're not necessarily in chronological order. I mean, the communication and the maintaining are, but the self-love one sometimes can come at the end or it can come at the beginning. Um, And so that third step is self-love and really just working with yourself to not unlearn the conditioning that it's mean or that it's not helpful. And then pouring into your own cup, because again, like setting a boundary is really hard. So you might feel guilty afterwards. You might feel like overwhelmed and anxious and not sure if you did the right thing. So what does self-love look like in those moments for you to kind of pour back into yourself and reassure yourself that you did something that was in in alignment with your integrity. Um, For me, a lot of times that looks like, again, taking a pause. Um, Sometimes it looks like journaling out how I feel. Sometimes it looks like talking to a close friend and sharing the situation and getting feedback, even talking to a coach. Um, There are several ways that you can show that self-love to yourself. And again, unique to your situation. How do you feel like you are being reassured and that kind of thing. But sometimes you need that in the beginning too, because you're, you're so nervous or anxious about setting the boundaries. So you need to create this space for yourself, whether that looks like doing a different activity or just having positive self-talk to feel confident enough to set that boundary in the first place. Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) Thinking about this, amazing. But what I struggle with is I hate confrontation. So I think, like, how do I get over that? Yeah, yeah. So I think the overcoming – you're not the only person who hates confrontation. Most <laughs> yeah, I people, do too. Most people <sighs> hate confrontation. Uh-huh. I avoid it at all costs. <laughs> right. So one kind of mindset shift that kind of helped me with this because I also don't like confrontation. Uh-huh is 
going back to that, like unlearning that conditioning of, yeah. If I don't say something, am I showing up truthfully in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the answer is no, because Uh I'm literally suppressing my own needs so that this person is comfortable. And it's not saying I'm trying Mm -hmm. to make them uncomfortable. I'm trying to make sure that I can also show up comfortably in this relationship. And by setting a boundary, I'm respecting this relationship because I want to keep in contact with you. The other option is that if you do suppress your own needs or don't say things, like I said, it breeds that resentment, that frustration. And then when you see their name on your phone, you're like, I don't want to answer that call because yeah. you don't respect my boundaries that I never communicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right I feel now. like that one people can really relate to. Like when you see that person's <sighs> name come up on your phone and you're just like, oh, like I don't yeah. want to answer it. Ignore you know? it. And- like, and that happens because your boundaries haven't been respected. And sometimes that's because, one, you haven't communicated them or maintained them. But sometimes that's just because this person is unable to respect your boundaries. And there are situations like that where you have to come to terms with the fact, like, am I going to continue to put myself in situations where I feel like my boundaries can be disrespected? Like I said, I don't agree with cutting people off, but I do understand that there are certain situations where you do need to maybe lessen the amount of access people have to you. Um, for your own confidence, safety, self-love. Um, and that's really, really difficult, which is, again, why I coach people through this process because it's really that's really, like, the last resort is to cut somebody off or, like, you know, try and remove yeah. them from your life. But I think sometimes in the online space, we see that as, like, that's how you do boundaries. If people aren't respecting mm-hmm. them, you just cut them off, and that's, that's not it. Cutting off is is the easiest way out, even though it's painful for both parties. Yeah. It's a lot harder to communicate where you're at and respectfully listen to somebody who disagrees with you. So, yeah. This is amazing. Oh, my God. I, like, I need so much work in this. Uh-huh. As, a, as a client, will you, like, talk specifically about relationships that they're having and like walk through setting a boundary with them absolutely absolutely and would you as a client sorry go ahead no go ahead I was gonna ask a client like the point is we do this thing called I call it like a boundary audit so we look at different areas of your life and where you're feeling like the most tension the most um places that you need boundaries so like you know you need boundaries when those themes of like frustration resentment disappointment tension come up in your life And so we do, like I said, that boundary audit to figure out, okay, these are the relationships where you probably need the boundaries. What are they about? How are we going to set the boundaries? And then how do we follow through on those action steps? So that boundary audit really kind of guides a lot of it. But some of that is through conversation too. Like if you come to a call and you're like, I know we've been working on family boundaries, but I have a boundary situation with my partner this week. And I want to talk about that then more than happy to like work through that, suss it out. Even in Boxer, like, you know, somebody, one of my clients just asked me to do something that's like outside the scope of my work. Like we talk through literally how to respond to them, how to manage their response, that kind of stuff. So it's very, like I said, pinpointed into what is actually going on in your unique situation. Cause a lot of times it looks different and there's a lot of gray area mm-hmm. there as well between like, okay, what do you believe is healthy? What do you believe is unhealthy? What do you 
feel comfortable setting versus what would, how would you like to act in this situation? Everybody's threshold for certain things is different. So that's why I think it's so important to really look at the nitty gritty of each situation. I will love this again. I feel like every you're time hired. <laughs> would you say like whether somebody's a client of yours or not, if they're first starting to work with boundary setting, would you recommend, I mean, obviously I feel like this is an easy yes to mm-hmm. resort to setting boundaries with like a stranger scenario versus, you know, like a parent or a really mm-hmm. close friend where there's more like emotion involved. Yeah. But for me, I feel like they're both, I mean, obviously the family one is harder, but in society, I feel like our, at least the way I was raised and expected to interact with strangers is like automatic respect, politeness. I don't necessarily speak up. Is that like a good practice to kind of first start setting boundaries if every kind of boundary is difficult for you? Yeah. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by all of it, I usually recommend that people start with little things. Like Mm -hmm. if a restaurant got your order wrong, literally bringing it back to the restaurant. (laughs) I know you guys just did a podcast on this, like calling the restaurant and being like, Hey, or like bringing it back or telling the server politely, they didn't make your food. I mean, a lot of the times it's the kitchen that like did it. You know what I mean? But like those little things help kind of build your confidence to do the other things. There are situations where I would say start with the friends and the family. And that often has to do with if it's encroaching so much upon your life that like you can't function without setting these boundaries. Like it's it's, like overwhelming you. Then Mm -hmm. I say, I, I would say start with the other ones. But if we have some time to play with, like, I usually recommend my clients do that. Um, at the nail salon, actually, like when they paint your nails and they're like, do you like this color? And you don't like it saying, oh my gosh, I don't like it. Like, yeah. Like, oh gosh. I we're at this point in society where like we think asking for what we want and need, especially when people ask you, they are asking, do you want, is this something you like? Or you're paying for that, right? Yeah, you're oh, paying oh for my gosh. it. Like, I know it's, it's so uncomfortable. Like, because yes. again, like, we have learned that not asking for something different than the norm is how we are nice, how we are kind, mm-hmm. how we are. But at the end of the day, it's not because yeah. you have that resentment that sits in you mm-hmm. where you're like, I can't show up as my full self in this relationship. And again, with a restaurant, with a nail salon, like (laughs) that resentment isn't probably very big. No. But But still. I'm guilty of it. I've gone, I've not gone back to nail salons where my nails weren't done right because I didn't see anything. Sandy has literally drank a drink with a dead fly in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I refuse to say like anything. (laughs) And like the thing is, like you have to remember that like, people people, especially people like if people are asking it makes it easier like like at a restaurant how is everything I'm really Uh sorry but there's a fly in my drink (laughs) I'm refilling it like I'm telling you that server will not remember that no no it's so true no so true but like for some reason I struggle with it so much and like I guess like when people come to me and they're they say things like that I'm my first question is like what do you make it mean 
when you mm-hmm. ask somebody to refill your drink and there's Nothing. a fly in it. No, but I mean like what mm-hmm. comes up for you? Like are you thinking that mm-hmm. that's – like what are you making that mean about you? Does yeah. it mean that you are needy mm-hmm. or you are, are – you yeah, um, or you're a exactly. or you, Like, is that how you see people who ask for what they want? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I'm sure a lot of the time you look at people who ask for what they want and you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Exactly. exactly. 110%. <laughs> yes. And it starts, like, with, like I said, those small steps really matter. Like, yeah. I remember the first time <laughs> there's this wrap place, like, by – me like the sandwich wraps oh it's so good like it's it's the best wrap place around but it's probably like 15 to 20 minutes away so it's a drive so I don't go there very much um and one day I went there and this was like years ago like earlier in my boundary journey and I ordered like a buffalo chicken wrap but it came with blue cheese and I asked for it with ranch and I don't Mm. love blue cheese I remember I got into my car and I took a bite out of it and I was like oh no Uh, I was like okay you could drive home and be so upset that you literally can't eat this wrap that you just drove 40 minutes between both ways yeah or or you could be uncomfortable for five minutes and ask them say hey I ordered this for ranch like on the ticket it literally had said ranch um and it's blue cheese I'm really sorry they literally I went in because I was like, you can do this. I went in and I was like, I'm so sorry. Because I served forever. So like, mm-hmm. I totally understand things are busy. Like, And I was like, I'm so sorry. But I asked for this with ranch. This is on the ticket. Like, it's it's blue cheese. Like, do you mind if you could just remake it? And they were like, oh, yeah, no problem. Keep that oh. one too. Nothing. Yeah. Like, literally no. nothing. I got my sandwich. They gave me oh. the other one. Amazing. I ended up giving it to my partner. And literally nothing. Like, I think about that all the time because I'm like, yes, there is a chance that somebody's going to have a negative reaction, but you have to also separate that that reaction is about you. Oftentimes those reactions are about everything that they've handled all day or something Mm -hmm. else going on in their life that it might've just been the final straw for them. But again, they're adults, so they have to manage their own emotions. You're not Mm -hmm. responsible for managing the emotions of everybody around you. You're only responsible for managing your own emotions. And it's not, like I said, it's not black and white. It's not clear cut of like, oh, I just don't care about anybody around me. Because like, no. that's not how we operate. We have empathy and we care about the people around us. But we cannot care so much about the people around us at the expense of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because that creates relationships that are unhealthy, where you're literally so resentful that you don't want to interact with this person at all because you haven't been able to share what you actually want from the relationship. When I first started um, like learning about boundaries at all, the biggest thing that stuck with me was like when you're going to set one, you need to make it like about yourself almost instead of projecting your issue onto the other person. So like, Mm. this makes me uncomfortable when you do that. Would you mind stopping? Like something like that would be easier to say than just like, can you stop? Like it feels less Mm -hmm. blunt, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I know that this is more like specific to your client work, but are there like little phrases that you could give as suggestions for people that are just starting to be like, this is a good thing that you could say, Yeah, not necessarily in a specific situation, but just in general, if you feel like you need to set a boundary. Absolutely. So I have like a 
Speak Anyone Foundry's workbook that I oh. give out to my email list. So um, <gasps> I'm going to sign up. We can definitely like link it in there um, in the show notes yeah. or something. Um, I'm more than happy to get, I don't think I gave that in the initial form. So I'm happy to give you guys that. We'll link. get it yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so there are some scripts in there. Um, that being said though, like I do, I always caution people to be careful in saying things like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable because you don't have to over explain why you're asking somebody for something that literally is like another coping mechanism to try and make the other person comfortable enough to accept what you're saying or convince them to accept what you're saying. It's not always a bad thing. Like, I think there are certain cases where it's like, this is making me feel uncomfortable. So could you please stop? Sometimes that's a little more convincing for certain parties. And sometimes they need that extra thing, but saying no to somebody or saying this doesn't work for me to somebody is not mean. It's just a reality. Like it just doesn't work for you. You know what I mean? And like, I think again, as women, we're taught that we need to be like nice. Well, like what does nice mean? Like, Mm-hmm. We can be kind while also asking for what we want and need while also showing up fully in our relationships. Sometimes that means that we're a little blunt and men are blunt all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and we put up with it. And so oh. it doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you yeah. directly ask for what you want and need. So I, I just caution there because I know sometimes when people first start setting boundaries or they kind of get into this, they have the need, and I talk a little bit about this in the workbook, but they have mm-hmm. the need to like over-explain why they're setting the boundary. Nobody needs to know why you're setting the boundary. They, the reason literally could be that it makes you feel uncomfortable or you just don't like that it's that way. Like, oh you don't have to explain that to anybody. You are allowed to take up space on this earth and have things the way that you want them. doesn't mean you're always going to get them that way. But if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no anyway. Yeah. So, holy crap! I feel like I'm in a I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. Like every time I sit like this, I'm like, oh, I need to sit with this similar uh, process. Wow. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. No. Like, I'm not here to say that. Like, you know, we work together, and then everything will be easy for the rest of your life. Yeah. No, but you will have the tools mm-hmm. to be able to be like, this is what works for me. This doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, this is how I interact with in these relationships. This is how I'm able to ask for what I want and need. Like I said, a lot of that has to do with the conditioning and unlearning and relearning what is acceptable in your own life and what is not to you. Um, and some people are perfectly content with going through their whole life, meeting others' expectations, Mm -hmm. not asking for what they want and need. I don't think they think about it that way. But we see people every day who do that. Mm-hmm. People doing everything they should do. People following through. A lot of times they're not very happy, but they make it work, right? I'm sure you guys yeah. would think of somebody in your own life. I mm-hmm. Every time I bring up this example, I think of like multiple people. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes in the larger picture, is it more important for you to be liked and accepted by everybody that you meet or is it more important for you to live in integrity with who you are you know the world needs the world needs your light like I always say that the world needs it you have these like desires these wants these needs because 
whoever you believe in put you here to have them. And they have a chain reaction to affecting other people. So the world needs you to show up as yourself. Wow. That is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Oh my god. You think gosh. about it being like, oh, this is just making things easier for myself. But like when you describe it that way, it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more yeah. important and meaningful. So like mm-hmm. And it's oh like the god. example with my mom, like generationally, like you're literally changing how things happen. It's like it's the same exactly. thing. Exactly. You're talking about parenting, like gentle parenting is literally changing the way that people interact with each other when they grow up. Um, so true. Wow. You have the power at this age, at this time in your life to start doing it in your own life. You might not have this, you know, legacy that's like publicized or anything, but you'll know when you get to the end of your life that you did what you thought was right. Mm -hmm. My mom always says, like, do the next right thing. And I really think that our ideas of right are different across the world. But again, if you're doing the next right thing that you believe is right and you're not hurting anybody in the process, then, like, you're probably doing good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I'm going to sit on this and, like, put those action steps into place because like I also said like confrontations hard but like putting myself I struggle with that of course and like I need to because it's sometimes the world needs your light I love that yeah and sometimes I think about like you choose your hard there's lots Mm -hmm. of hards in this life so like yeah it's hard to have confrontation is it harder to suppress your wants and needs to not show up as yourself in your relationship I mean you make that choice people like, mm-hmm. this is the thing, like, I would love if everybody had boundaries. I think everybody, we'd show up more authentically. We'd have innovations in this world that would be different, that kind of thing. But not everybody does. Not everybody mm-hmm. feels comfortable to. It's not always safe for people to be setting boundaries in certain situations. And so, um, you know, that's, again, like, going back to my coaching, like, why things are unique to you. I mean, I've worked with people who it wasn't really safe to say um, to set a boundary because they depended financially on the person that they're trying to set a boundary with. And they were worried that their housing was going to be taken away or what things like that. So again, that's why like it does depend on the situation. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes when we look at like Instagram posts, it's like this blanket, like, Oh, you need to do things this way. Well, we also need to take, take into account like where people's needs are and where their safety is. And yeah, it sounds great to have everybody setting boundaries, but there's also chain reactions to setting boundaries. And sometimes if you're worried about losing your basic needs, like having food on the table, having housing, that kind of stuff, like it can be unsafe to set boundaries. Um, And so that's another aspect of it that I really take into account in my coaching because it's not easy to be in a situation where you know you need boundaries and you can't set them because you might lose your housing or you might lose like a relationship that has been supporting you emotionally or those kinds of things. Like, then we have to talk about different ways to go about getting your needs met, right? So, okay, so I'm gonna sign up, but for uh, anybody so else, <laughs> anybody yeah. else that's listening that wants to find out more about Emily, can you give us like your rundown yes. of your socials? If you have a website, like anything like that? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, my Instagram handle is emilywallco.co. 
Um, I have a weekly email list that goes out on Wednesdays. So if you go to the link in my bio, there's a place to join. I think I sent you guys my website. Um, There's also a link in there to join. So email is usually a great way to like keep in contact with my stuff, but I do post on Instagram usually consistently. So sweet. We'll make sure to link everything too in our show notes. So everyone can find you because, Oh my gosh, everyone needs you in their life. I need you in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Holy crap. I'm going to be coming. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to sit and talk with us openly, being so authentic. Mm -hmm. Your work is so obviously beneficial to people. And if you can't like detect that through listening to the podcast, I feel like maybe you need to do some more inner work. (laughs) Like, how can you not? (laughs) So thank you so much. Do you have, like, if you have any last minute, like tidbits of Mm -hmm. wisdom or like, this is another thing I do to help people, anything at all that you want to say, even if it's just like, goodbye the floor is yours hey thank you so much no thank you so much for having me um you know really just the point of this message is to like have people showing up in their light more often and I really foresee that as being able to show up authentically without all of this like conditioning and socialization and expectations that we feel like we need to meet and so one of the ways to do that is to start setting boundaries so you have the space to do that but There's also other ways um, we can talk about how you could show up more authentically in your life and start aligning your dreams to your day-to-day. So thank you again, ladies, so much for having me. Um, Thank you. I am taking one-on-one coaching spots. I have a few open at the time of recording, so I would love to work with you. Um, Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so, so much for listening to Want Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.